Welcome to the Profitable Farmer Podcast, where it's all about increasing the profitability of your farm by working smarter, not harder. And now your host, business expert, Andrew Roberts. Welcome to this podcast and um, a warm welcome to Greg Johnson. Can you hear me, Greg? I can, Andrew. How are you going? Really well, thanks. How are you going? I'm very well. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Well, um, the topic we're going to bring to you today is the importance of having a stop doing list and and that, in fact, a stop doing list or or a not to do list, in my opinion, Greg, is is even more valuable than a to do list. And just from a general perspective, Greg, um, do you agree with that? And and um, and if so, what? Why? Why is a stop doing this more important than than a to do list? Yes, I think it's 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 very important. I mean, as 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 entrepreneurs and and business owners, we um, often get presented with a whole range of of uh, tasks and and opportunities and things that we believe that we probably should do, um, and they go onto our to do list and. And you know, it, it, it they become uh, often uh, a lot of those items um, clutter clutter up our head and and stop us or prevent us from being able to do the things that really matter in our business to in in terms of taking the business forward to where we want it to to, to eventually be. So so you know, prioritising your to do list and particularly you know getting rid of the things that uh, that you don't have to do um, a stop doing list um, can be a major winner in terms of um, improving the efficiency of of. Uh, where you spend your time and and how effectively um, that time is spent on on growing the business. Yeah, and look, Greg, I, I think it's um very useful even using your veterinary practice as an example here and going back. Uh, I mean, the whole journey, as as you always point out, you, it's impossible to have a business running without your freedom farm, correct, or a freedom any business if you if you don't eventually sack yourself from from every area. Or every job that the business actually does, and would you mind just sharing a little bit of um, just experience from your perspective as to how you've been able to grow your veterinary practice by slowly sacking yourself? Yeah, it's, thanks, Andrew, and, and it's, it's that's absolutely right. I mean, we started uh, my, Deb, my, my partner Deb and myself started this business thirty six years ago, and you know, and when we started, it was just it was just me and her, and, and we did everything, and um, and then slowly as the business has grown. Yeah, we've identified um, firstly that we needed to bring people in to help um, manage the, the the expansion of the business to to you know to tackle the extra work that was required. But then, you know, um, more latterly over the last ten or fifteen years, we've been thinking much more strategically about how it is that we can build a business and structure the business so that it actually doesn't rely on 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 me or Deb or anybody else in the business actually being present for the business to run. Because really, in the end. If you have a business that relies on one person being present, then you don't have a business at all. Because if that person isn't available for whatever reason—sickness or um, yeah, um, they die, for example—or you know they get injured to the point where they can't work—you um, don't you no longer have a business. So, so really, um, you know, it's very very important that you have a business in the, in the long run that you have a business that um, that doesn't rely on any particular individual. And so, you know, the, the way to do that is to always be looking at all of the tasks that are carried out within uh, across the business uh, on a daily basis and and um, and you know identifying which ones can be handed off to somebody else you know how can I employ somebody how can I bring somebody into the business that will take over some of these roles and responsibilities that, that I, I've been doing or, or you know, someone else in the business has been doing um, to allow um, allow that person um, and particularly the owner 
um, more time to spend on on the bigger picture strategic thinking and 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 you know the 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 um, decisions that need to be made and follow through to to grow the business and build the business to the level you want it to be but also to allow you over time to to have the freedom that you that you um, might want uh, to go and do other things and and have the business still still run run effectively and and that doesn't mean that you completely ignore what's going on in the business it means that you you know you have a very keen eye on what what's going on and you have a great overview of the business and in fact probably in a lot of ways you have a better overview of the business because you've actually got more time to spend on analyzing the business and, and looking at all of its components and, and and tracking how it's all going so you know from my perspective um, we started Deb and I started managing the business we now um, have, have basically have very little to do with the day-to-day running of the business I, I manage the business as a as a, stra- a strategy um, scenario, but I, I certainly don't do any vet work anymore. I haven't done for quite some time, and neither does Deb. Um, and and really, our our uh, our time is spent really at the higher level strategic decision making and and making sure that all of the team that um, sit below us have everything that they need in terms of systems and and um, um, you know uh, tools and training to uh, do what they do to the best of their ability. So so it's a, it's a very different way of going about the business in the long run. Yeah, and I mean, I just wanted to tap into what happened to your business even a few years ago, Greg, when um, I think you really hit a ceiling, correct? And, and, and you actually recognize there's some big, big areas in the business that you can hand over. Um, and and just on that ceiling where you're busy, um, the business seems to be, it's growing, but it might, might not be growing as, as, as quickly as, as it could be. And what are some of the fears that you, you went through or go through that stop you actually handing over some of the, the, the tasks in running, running a business? What, what are some of the things that come up for you or came up for you um, when you were making these decisions? Yeah, well, I think I was you know, the same as a lot of people who, who grow up owning a business, and that is that um, you believe that um, if you're the owner of a business, then you should, really should be managing and, and responsible for the, 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 the day-to-day business components of the business so in other words you know you should be you should be making sure the books are all uh, up to date that you should be you know that you're you're doing the admin work because the admin work is incredibly important to make sure that the business runs effectively and you know that that, that you that, that so not only the technical parts of the business are done but also that the the admin part is done and as your business grows admin becomes significantly bigger and um and what i found is that um you know i had a um I suppose a fixation on on making sure that I was the one who controlled the the business from the point of view of admin, um, and that I, I believe that I was was the best person to be doing that within my business. And uh, you know, I, I realised that I reached a point I'd reached a point, or the business had reached a point where um, where I had too much on my plate, and I was holding the business back. And um, and it was that, that realisation, and my then subsequent actions uh, to to go out and and, and look. I mean, what I did is I sat sat down and I, I looked at um, everything I was doing. I actually recorded everything I was doing over a three-month period, and then grouped all those tasks and the time uh, that I was spending on them. And re- I realised very very quickly that, in fact, there was a lot of lot of stuff I was doing that I could actually effectively delegate to somebody else. And and so that's what we did. We we brought somebody in and uh, in an admin role, and um, and that freed up a lot of my time, and also actually ended up making the business run better because that that person that I that we bought in actually had more time to focus on 
um, on the tasks that I had um, you know less time to, to focus on because I was I was across a whole heap of areas so so that that was that that became their role their roles and responsibilities and so they could focus all of their energy and time on on those things and and so that they actually were done better and um, and that allowed the business to to flourish and 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 gave me a lot more time to then spend in the areas that um, I had strength in um, outside of the admin role so so that was just and and the similarly similarly the same thing applied to the actual um, the, the the technical aspects of, of veterinary medicine. Um, I completely moved myself away from consulting and 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 being involved in the day to day delivery of of veterinary medicine. I'd done that for thirty odd years, and, and you know, and it was time for me to, to not do that anymore um, because I was able to you know very easily um, uh, employ high quality people to to fulfil that role, and in fact, they do a better job than I than I ever did in that space. And what's what um, what results did that bring to your business? Making some of these decisions and freeing yourself out to focus more on the strategic things, as you yeah, it made it made a massive difference because I was then able to look at the business in total and 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 you know we, we Deb and I had already formed strategic uh, goals, ten year and fifteen year strategic goals about where we wanted the business to be. So what it, it allowed me to do was it allowed me time and space to actually start pursuing the opportunities that. Uh, some of the opportunities that um, um, that we hadn't had time to pursue, uh, pursue before, or we actually hadn't even recognised before that, um, that that actually allowed us to grow the business uh, towards the goals that we we had set for it. So, and you know, and, and from a from an income perspective, it made it's made a massive difference. I mean, we've we've um, we're now um, around about four times um, the, the annual turnover that we were um, six years ago, um, and that's all come from me being able to spend time in the strategic decision making part of the business and, and think think um, strategically about where we're going align that with our long term term goals and then you know have the time to actually implement um, the plans and processes that we want to put in place before then handing those plans and processes over to um, the team I'm a big a big fan of of um, making a strategic decision and then being hands on in the actual implementation of that decision and then once uh, once I understand the, the systems and strategies that are required to to be able to make that uh, that new system or that new um, part of the business run effectively, um, and those systems are, are in place and, and and functioning well, then hand that over to somebody else to to to, to manage going forward. So that's the, the, the that's the the, the strategies that we've taken, and um, you know I could never have gotten to that space and to that place unless I you know had a I stopped doing this. Uh, uh, I, I needed to take a whole heap of things off of my plate to allow me the space to do that. Yeah, and it's amazing um, that often it's only one or two resources that can have this significant in- increase. And I mean, you you hit the nail on the head that they can often do a better job than you because they can focus on it more. They'll, they'll have more capacity and time to focus on it. So it's um it's a great lesson and it's a great story. And I mean, from my perspective, and I'm sure you'd agree, Greg, but a uh, an unsuccessful business owner will always think, you know, I'll do this to save money. Whereas I've experienced the successful business owner will think, how can I get someone someone else to do this so I create time? And and the point here is um, uh, the successful business owner will value their time even more than the money, correct? It's they They really understand that time is a... Is an irreplaceable asset, whereas money you can make money. Well, you sorry you can you can spend money, but you can always make money. 
but you know, times a is a commodity that's once it's gone, it's gone. Correct. So, so um, you're always looking for a way to create time as as a successful business owner. Yes, I, th- I think one of the the, the traps that, that that we get into, and when I say we, are, I think it applies to all small business owners as they as they grow their business, is that we 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 come up being involved in the technical day-to-day aspects of running the business that's that's just what we do because that's what you do when you have a startup business and you know and and it, it, it doesn't have the cash flow initially to support significant amount of workforce but and one of the fears I think that we have is that okay if we stop doing a lot of these technical things what do we do with our time you know what, what do we do and and that you know to me that's I think that's one of the issues that one of the things that stops people from actually taking the leap because they, they believe that you know, they, they just can't think of what else they would do with their time if they weren't out drenching sheep or you know um, feeding sheep or whatever um, you know what would they be doing with their time and um, whereas the once people understand uh, this situation and, and actually you know go through the transformation what they start to realize is that is that there's a whole heap of things that they can be spending uh, their time on that actually add potentially add far more value to the business than, than you know than feeding sheep or drenching sheep or whatever uh, driving tractors um, there's a there's a lot more things that that you can do in a business that actually provide you know significant amount of, of value going forward um, but but don't occur in in a lot of cases because um, the the owner is is too focused on the day to day busyness of the business and 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 yeah, all their time's consumed in that space, um, so they don't they don't give their themselves and their their their, their brain a, a chance to think about what the other opportunities might be. Oh, absolutely, and um and you just hit the nail on the head. I I think there's there's uh, there's just a, a number of fears surrounding it, and also Greg, there's a big fear as well. Correct, where where the owner has the fear of I can't actually afford this, um, and and that can often hold a lot of people back too. Or they they think that if they spend that money, they won't be able to make it back, or they, they won't know what to focus on to make that money back. And and whereas once you really once you really tap into this, I I feel that you'll be you, you'll increase your confidence in delegating, and you'll increase your confidence in handing over tasks because you'll know what you need to do to. Not just cover the cost of that task, but significantly cover the cost of that task, um, and and that's what happens as you become more experienced and you you learn how to run a great business, and and so for simplicity here, Greg, I just wanted to um, identify four categories and four things that you could consider stopping doing as um, as a farmer, and more. I mean, the, the there's a little saying like if if you if you're doing the technical work. If you're the technician, often you've got a job. Um, it's not a business, and you you said it earlier, Greg. You've got a job, and and the acronym for job is just over broke. Typically, that's that's what it stands for, and and so um, this is looking at well, how can I how can I let go of jobs and start working on the strategy? So, um, I mean, the, the first one, Greg, and we can just branch out a little bit on this, but low value technical work. Um, you've already mentioned a few of these, but what would be some other Areas that fit under that category. Yeah, so I mean, crutching people, crutching their sheep, um, tractor driving, um, you know, drenching. We talked about, um, um, you know, dipping sheep. Uh, I mean, there's a whole range of all of the the day to day manual tasks that that pretty well consume a, a large amount of time on a lot of farms uh, um, are generally low value work. And what, what you know, obviously, we, when you think about what is the value of a of a of a of a job? Think about you know who, who what you need to pay somebody per hour 
to, to, to and bring, to be able to bring them in and and, and um, replace you in that in that position. And you know, in in most cases, a lot of these jobs can be done for twenty five or thirty bucks an hour. It's it, they're low value tasks. Yeah. Well, let's let's just take um, one of our clients at the moment has just let us know that they they spending well, currently. I mean, it won't be always, but let's say half a day feeding Greg. Um, so what, what options could be available to, to that person? That's, it's a lot of time, correct? It's half their week, um, is, is invested into out there feeding and, and, um, sure they might be saving a little bit of money, but what, what could they be doing to save money and time there? Well, it's a very significant, it is a very significant investment of time and, and it's an essential part of the business. Don't get us wrong. I mean, we're not saying it's not essential. All we're saying is, you know, what's the best, what's the best way to, to, to have that, that, uh, that job done uh, in a way that actually doesn't consume um, all of your time and, and stop you from being able to spend time on the on the more strategic parts of the business. So, so obviously, um, you know, semi-automating that that job to some degree. So things like um, you know, yellow kelpie feeders, you know, the the, the computer controlled uh, weighing uh, feed out carts that enable you to dial up a, a predetermined uh, amount of feed and then and then you know buzz out in the paddock and drop a trail out there that's exactly the, the right amount so so you know the, the strategic part of the of the feeding regime in other words the the uh, calculation of feeding of the amounts to f- be fed to each mob can be done well in advance and then anybody who can um, just drive a vehicle and operate the yellow kelpie computer can then run out into the paddock and uh, and uh, dial up the amount of feed that's required and and off they go it doesn't require a high degree of technical knowledge at all to do that and so you know anybody with that's got that, that, that is responsible for their actions and and can complete those set of tasks you know can very easily um, complete that that job now it might still take them half a day but the point is that um, it's not your time that's being consumed in that in that situation. So you know you 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 may be able to, and probably almost would, certainly would be able to if you thought about it, um, spend that the time that you're spending feeding on much more productive um, processes. So that's just one one methodology. Um, I mean, self feeders are employed quite a bit by by people who um, who are looking to uh, take the, the some of the time out of out of feeding sheep um, there are some issues with self feeders um, and so I'm not don't plan to get into, into those now and we do have you know some training around that in um, in the farm owners academy but but uh, but certainly there you know that, that is one technique that's used um, not my preferred technique but it is used by, by some people but certainly automation being prepared understanding what it is that the sheep need and, and then you know using things like the, the, the yellow kelpie type feeders uh, I think is a, is a fantastic way of, of not only being precise uh, but also allowing the job to be done by somebody uh, at a much lower hourly rate. Yeah, and again, right? So the um, the, the struggling business owner will be will be thinking, "Oh, look, I'll do that because I, I might save seven hundred dollars a week." Whereas the successful person will say, "I need to delegate that because I'll buy back twenty hours of time a week." And Greg, it's just it's it's such a it's a minuscule distinction, but you'd agree with me that that one distinction in mindset. Is what separates um, uh, farmers that operate top producers, correct? That operate in the top twenty percent of farmers that they just had that slight change in mindset. That's totally right, and and that's always the, the thinking is okay. If I'm going to employ somebody to do this work, what do I need to do within the business to actually not only cover that that extra uh, cost, but also you know um, um, make a a return on that uh, X percent return on that. So, and what you find is that. Um, for the people who have the right um, the, uh, strategic 
uh, thinking about their business that they will always find other things that they can that they can do with the business that will more than cover for that extra cost uh, uh, that they're bringing onto the property to do those specific tasks. And by the way, I didn't mention in terms of efficiency, the other the other big efficiency for hand feeding is running big mobs. You know, if you're running the, running the, big, the biggest mobs you can, because most of the time involved in, in supplementary feeding is actually going to and from the paddocks. It's not the actual feeding itself. So if you've got all your sheep in small mobs all over the place, then you're going to spend far more time driving around the place than if they're in large mobs and there's only a few mobs to feed. But sorry, that's just another, another diversion. No, it's great. Um, okay, so that's the so letting go of low value technical works number one. What about um, book work, Greg? Yeah, so I put book work on the same on the same par as low value technical work. Although, except that probably for a lot of a lot of farmers, they 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 like the technical work. They don't necessarily like the book work. So there's there's a double reason to give it up. Um, not only is it low value no value work, but also a lot of farmers don't really enjoy it that much. So so and what we're talking about here is the actual. You know, the actual entry, the cash book entries uh, of your um, invoices and, and so forth. We're not talking about the giving up uh, the, the the financial overview of the of the business at all. I mean, that's that's your responsibility as the owner to, is to have a very good touch on what the business is doing financially. But but that doesn't mean you have to you know spend your time entering. Um, uh, entering uh, invoices and so forth into your cash management program that can easily be done by somebody else. And and in a lot of cases, when you're if you're employing somebody who is a professional bookkeeper, um, not only um, are, they, are you not paying them a huge amount of money, but they are also because of their background far more efficient at at um, at going about the process than you are. And so not only will the job be done in a shorter period of time, it will also be done um, probably to a high degree of accuracy. Um, and also, um, you know, with a with a, a degree of skill that you may not be able to bring to it. Yes, 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 huge. And the third one as well, Greg. And um, I just wrote this one down. It's just really house around cleaning. Um, and I just have flashbacks to my my father. I mean, being a farmer, he was he was brilliant at handyman work, and he was brilliant at just fixing things around the house. So he was always pottering around either. Doing mowing the lawns, or we did a renovation. So it was my father that did the renovation. I remember there was, it seemed like over a year, where he um, stripped back the paint on the house and then painted the house. And I mean, he did he did a great job. Um, but you'd agree with me, it is it is often easy for a, a farmer to fall into the trap of doing just just a rans or little things that that um, they can do because and sure it saves money. Um, but costs a lot of time, Greg. It's, it, it can be quite easy falling into that trap. I think you even mentioned maintenance as well. Yeah, that's right. I mean, repairs, maintenance, um, you know, um, um, construction. I mean, there's, there's, it, it, it's a common situation for farmers to, to take on um, all of those sorts of things. And, and, and sometimes it's because of proximity, you know, the inability to be able to, or the perceived inability to be able to get people to come and actually do that work for you. So, you know, if there's a a shed needs to be put up or a lean-to needs to be put up, then the, you know, the farmers will, will do that themselves. If there's yards to be constructed, they'll do that themselves. If there's fences to be put up, they'll do that themselves. Uh, as you say, you know, repairs and maintenance around the house, you know, cleaning, um, you know, yard, that's, uh, you know, sheds, all that sort of thing, uh, maintenance of vehicles and machinery. You know, they're, they're all areas that, that, um, uh, that farmers generally tend to pick up. Um, and, and sometimes, and, or oftentimes, those uh, things can be done much more effectively by bringing in some outside help. So, and I'm, I think 
particularly about the area of um, of machinery maintenance, um, uh, servicing and maintenance. You know, um, if you're if you're able to uh, in your area um, contract somebody to come in who's actually got um, you know a, a, a degree in in um, in uh, motor mechanics or something like that, then, then you know, unless you have that, you have background and skill in that area and significant skill in that area, then potentially they're going to be able to do the job uh, of maintenance of your of your uh, tractors and and other machinery uh, to a, a far higher uh, level uh, and also more quickly than you can do it yourself. So, so I think that you know, it's, it's just a question of realizing, you know, what are you good at? What are you really good at? And 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 you know, what can you efficiently spend your time on? And, and where is it, is it much more time effective to bring in somebody else to do that work? Oh, it's it's just so valuable. And I think uh, as you're talking, I, I just had a the thought of Richard Branson popped into my head because he, he's such a great entrepreneur, and and I, he could never possibly imagine. Well, and, and he just doesn't do it. He he runs an airline business, Greg. But number one, he doesn't fly the jet or the planes. Number two, he doesn't check the customers in. Number three. You'd never see him out servicing the the, the, the aircraft. Um, he's he's purely in strategy. Um, he's just built the team around doing all the jobs, and and he, he he would never choose to do any of those things to save to to save money ever. Um, and and so I think it's just such a great thought process to question everything that you do. And um, I I just really something I really tying this off now and summarising it. Um, when you become aware of everything that you're doing and you actually learn to let things go, um, you, will, you will free up this time, you'll get back your, your best, your number one asset, which is time, and then when you're studying and learning how to use that time to focus on higher value, higher value use of your time or higher value dollar productive activities, um, it's, it's in my world, Greg, and I'm sure in yours, it's unquestionable, this will result in, in increased profits, um, reduce stress um, and, and a range of other benefits and and so if you had any uh, last tips for people when it comes to this topic Greg have, have you got any or have you covered no I do I think that the uh, the I guess that the, the main um, uh, pushback I get I, I guess the, the main concern that people express to me when I talk to them about this area is that well, look, you know, that, that's all great, and we'd love to do it all, but you know, but we don't, we just don't. The business just doesn't have enough money to to enable us to to bring in people to do these tasks, and that's fine. That's 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 their that's their current that's your current paradigm. If that's the way you're thinking, that's what you that's the way you currently view your business. But what I can tell you from a, someone who's actually been benchmarking farm businesses now for over thirty years, and 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 you know, been involved in hundreds and hundreds of farm benchmarks over a whole range of seasons and pricing scenarios. Is that I see on on almost all businesses, I see um, so much lost opportunity for making money and, and increasing profit on on pretty well every farm that I benchmark um, that is just not seen by the business owner because they are just tied up in the day to day running of the business and and you know if they could just if, if if a lot of these people could just get their head out of what they're doing and 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 really look. Um, objectively at the business and, and have a really high level overview of, of the whole thing they would pro- and, and had the confidence to actually go through and implement some of these strategies then I think you would find that for the majority of farm businesses they would see that they that, you know they, there's a lot of money that they're wasting at the moment or, or not wasting a lot of money that they are missing out on um, out in the paddock um, that could easily cover the cost of having um, some extra people uh, coming in and, and helping out within the business to do some of those lower value tasks and and so you know 
the stop doing list is, is is just such an important part of the process because if you have a if you if you are committed to having a stop doing list you then it's one of the steps towards starting to get your head into the strategic thinking part of being in business rather than the day-to-day doing uh, of the of the to-do list and and so you know I think um, if you think that you can't afford it then uh, then I would the question I would ask you is if you if you think you can't afford it then you know is your business at its optimal performance right now mm-hmm. and if you can honestly um, answer that and say well no it's not then I think there's a significant opportunity out there for you to to, to look at what uh, what you're doing going forward yeah if you think you can't afford it you probably can't afford not to do these things um, Greg that was very valuable thank thank you so much thank you see you later thank you